Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. Let's say our declaration. We say this every week. If y'all are new to us, we say this every week because this is the declaration that God gave us uh, for our house for 2021. Let's say it like we mean it. I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word for everything that I do flows from it. So today we're going to be aligning our heart with God's word as it concerns the resurrection. And so if you have your Bibles or a Bible app, if you want to go ahead and get there in John chapter 19 and uh, verses 28 through 30, John chapter 19. And we're going to get there in just a few minutes. But today I want to start a new series called A Hill to Die On. And it's going to really focus on uh, Jesus' resurrection and crucifixion. And then after that, we're going to spend several uh, weeks talking about things that are worth dying for. Now, every one of us has had to go through times in our life where we have uh, conceded. You know, you make concessions for things. Like if y'all are married, husbands, you know what I'm talking about, right? We make a lot of concessions. Uh, you know, you compromise on things. And I remember uh, there's times when Shay and I, when we first got married, that I had to get used to her and she had to get used to me. And so we were learning to make compromises, to make our marriage work. And, uh, you know, we were college students. We got married. At, she was uh, 18. I was 19. We were super young. And we moved off and we got our little apartment at college. It was student housing for married uh, students. And um, we had $25 a week is what we had budgeted ourselves for groceries. And we made that work. I mean, you know, we can't go to McDonald's now for $25. But you know what I'm saying? That was our allotment. And so we kind of had to pick and choose things of what were important or how many uh, things we were going to buy. And I remember, like, we bought two different sodas because she, she, you know, back in the day, she bought a two-liter for her and I bought a two-liter for me. And that was all the soda we had for the week. And, you know, at some point, I asked her, uh, you know, baby, you know, would you mind making me some cheese toast? And, uh, and so she goes in there and she makes some cheese toast. And, uh, and I'm like, man, it's taken a long time for that cheese toast. Like, she's like, I'm cooking this and uh, it's not ready. And I'm like, man, that's been in the oven for 10 minutes. Like, cheese toast does not take that long to make. And so, you know, I go in there. And I kid you not, the bread is burning out from under the cheese. The cheese is just laying there like it's getting a suntan. But the bread is literally burning out from under the cheese. And I, she's like, the cheese will not melt. And I said, what kind of cheese did you buy? And she told me some old lame off-brand. And I'm like, hey, uh-uh, in this house... As for me and my house, we only eaten Kraft American 
cheese slices. Is that what you got? And she, you know, she's going with us, and she's like, that's too expensive. And I'm like, you're going to have to cut on the rent, or you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to hold back on something else because we can't go without the right kind of cheese. And she's going to try to feed me that stuff. I'm telling you what, we've been married for 30, uh, what, four? Help me out here. Is it, it's on 35. We're, where are we at? Anyway, it's in the 30s. Okay, Jesus, he started his ministry at 33, so it's 33. Woo, Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Did I tell you all that? I didn't know he was going to come in so handy right, right quick. But she's trying to feed me that old cheese. And I'm telling you what, 33 years later, if I had eaten that mess, it still would have been in my stomach digesting. And I said, no, baby, we cannot scrimp on the cheese. There are some things that I'm willing to die for. And that was a hill that I was willing to die on. We can compromise somewhere else, but you can't buy fake soda. You know, you got to buy the real deal. And you can't buy fake cheese. And, you know, that's a humorous way of saying that there are some things in life that, you know, you'll compromise on, but there are some things that you cannot compromise on. Church, if I could just be completely transparent with you, the church, y'all, I ain't talking about the world. The world does what the world does. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church has compromised way too much. But the world's not compromising at all. Not at all. They will get loud and up in your face. They will get in your grill. They will scream at you. They will, they will die on their hill. But we'll shrink back in the, in the name of this and that and the other. And you know what? There are gonna, there's going to come some times when you cannot shrink back. You cannot shrink back. You can be nice as you possibly can. You can be calm as you possibly can. But there's going to come a day in our life that we are not going to be able to back down. And this week, I was called a bigot. And I'm like, are you serious? Now, it was, it was online, but I was called a bigot. And the reason that I was called a bigot was because I stood up for the biblical belief of how God created two genders. And all of a sudden, I am insensitive and a bigot. And so I enter into this conversation on a church forum. A church forum. This is folks that are supposed to be well-versed in the doctrines of, of Scripture. And so all of a sudden, I said, have I used any negative terms? Have I used any slurs? Have I come off as arrogant or unloving? I'm like, hey, bro, we can actually meet up and go out for a cup of coffee after this, and you can have your view, and I can have my view, but this is a hill that I am willing to die on. I will not compromise that. And there's going to be times where you will have to stand up for your views 
And there may be times that you just have to walk away, you know, from a conversation or whatever. And it may not be that you'll win that battle, but you stand your ground. Jesus, when he died, he stood his ground. I mean, there were so many people trying to convince him to do otherwise. There were so many people trying to convince him that he wasn't the Messiah and that he was delusional and that all of these things. And there were, there were people who abandoned him in large numbers. And it amazes me, it amazes me that in today's time, when people begin to abandon you, the person that gets abandoned is actually becomes, it becomes the aggressor. And it's, you know, like... Jesus, all he did was tell the truth. That's all he did. And droves of people began to leave him. As a matter of fact, we're going to be taking communion later today. And that was a, a, a sacrament that Jesus introduced into the church with his disciples. And as he began to explain the symbolism and the reality behind the, uh, the, the Lord's Supper, as we call it, but it was communion as we know it, large numbers of people actually got up and walked out. Why? Oh, this is, cover your face, because I'm fixing to like smack you right in the nose with this. Cover your face because it's fixing to hurt. Some people, well, I didn't like what the preacher said in his message. And I'm just, I'm just mad as I can be. And I just don't agree with it. And I'm leaving. Guess what? You in good company. Because many people deserted Jesus. Well, he's just a poor leader. He's just a poor leader. He ain't got no people skills. And I believe I'm going to go over there with John. As a matter of fact, there's a new guy in town. His name's Judas. And I believe I'm going to go over there and be with him. Guess what? Many people, many people started deserting Jesus. And Jesus, he, did, he didn't get his, he didn't get it. Thank you, Jesus, that you kept your prophet suit on. And you didn't get in your pastor suit. Mabel, it's Jesus. I heard you was upset with something. What's going on with you, Mabel? Let's talk about, oh, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Listen, there's not a day, a Sunday that comes by that you probably won't get your feelings hurt in here. Man, I hurt my own feelings sometimes. And I'm up here preaching. You know? Jesus, he did not play. He came because he said, I am here to be about my father's business. I ain't trying to impress Sierra. I'm not trying to keep Brian on my good side because he's the biggest tither in the church. I'm not trying to keep Alan because I can't find anybody to replace him in ministry, so I better keep him happy. He didn't play that junk. Jesus said, I have come to be about my father's business. It is amazing. Listen, you got you to gotta know that there are some hills that you have to stand your ground. I have well-intentioned people. Some of them may be watching. Some of you guys might be in here today. I have well-intentioned people all the time that they will suggest things to me. And they will say, well, preacher, you know, 
Some people just don't like to come because uh, they're afraid you'll use them in your message. Are you kidding me? Like on any given Sunday, I can say something and it'll, it'll apply to 20, 30% of you guys in here. If I talk about abortion, somebody in this room has had an abortion. If I talk, if I talk about homosexuality, there is somebody in this room that you have at least struggled with homosexuality. If I talked about divorce, there's numbers of people that have been divorced. There is not a Sunday that you can crack open the word of God that you will not affect somebody's life. And that's the way it should be. If this book does not uh, tap us in the secret places of our life, then this is a relic, my friend. If this, if this no longer is something that we can, can go to and it speak to us, and if I could just be so bold to say, and it offend us, that's a scary day when you can open this thing and not be offended. It's a scary thing. God help us that we never get to a place that we walk into a church and there is a man or a woman, no other genders, a man or a woman standing in the pulpit preaching the word of God that the people at some point are not convicted or offended. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's a great place to clap. Decla declare it. It is a declaration of our faith. And so there are hills. Thank God there was a hill that Jesus was willing to die on. You know, when he was in the garden, you know, a lot of us think that Jesus, he just willingly went on up to Calvary. You know, that skull-shaped hill, crawled on that cross and laid it all down without any agony. But the scripture tells us that on that Thursday, he went and he knelt in that garden. And he said, Father, if there is any way that you can think up. See, he knew the reality of the cross. He knew the price that he was going to have to pay. And he's, now it's getting real. You ever plan something and it's a far off and it's not a big deal. But as, as it gets closer and closer and closer, uh, reality starts to kick in. Well, on that Thursday night, it began to kick in. And so he's sitting there and he's thinking, wow. I've seen my fair share of executions. I've seen my fair share of crucifixions. It's painful, it's gory, and that's about to be me. Father, if there's another way, I certainly would prefer that. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He says that three times he came back to that place and he bargained with the, with the father. But listen, I don't understand fully the mind of God, but there is one thing that will, that, that will uh, uh, take away our sin and it is a blood sacrifice. Now, to me, uh, bring me a gift card to TJ Maxx and everything's good. 
I, I would, it would be something totally different. But God is a God whose, whose ways are higher than our ways. And in his wisdom, the creator said that the only thing that will take away the sin of the world is a blood sacrifice. And for millennia, they did that throughout the Old Testament. But then Jesus came onto the scene and God said, I'm going to put an end to all of this blood sacrifice because once and for all, I'm going to find... I'm going to find a perfect sacrifice that is unspot, unspotted and unblemished. And this is going to do it once and for all. And the scripture says that Jesus, in that one sacrifice, he paid for our sins. So you and I, we can boldly go into the presence of the Father. We don't have to, I mean, can you imagine dragging a lamb or doves, or goats to church with you every Sunday. And we got a big old uh, laver out there on the square. And we're, you know, Greg's out there with a big old knife. And he's slitting throats, and he's getting them ready for the offering. I mean, it would be a mess. I don't know how we would recruit people to that team on Sunday. You know, some of y'all might like it. Who knows? But aren't you glad that we do not have to have that anymore because Jesus was willing to die up on a hill for us. He was willing. He did not have to do it, but he did it. And this is what I want to leave with you today. There is a, a verse of scripture that, that the disciples, it's describing the disciples, and it said, and they defeated him, Satan. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Like we as believers, we have to be loud. And right now, there is a spirit that is trying to shut the church down vocally. I'm telling you. There is a spirit that is trying to shut the church down vocally. And there's this doctrine that has crept into the church. Now, don't get me wrong. We teach on honor in this house. But there is a pseudo-honor. That is a doctrine of a demon. That means that it's a true doctrine that Satan has taken and perverted and using it for something totally different. I believe in honor. You give honor to prophets and men of God and honor to people and what, give honor where honor is due. But there is this pseudo honor in the church that has crept in. And it's like, well, we just don't want to say anything that would hurt somebody's feelings. Listen. I have hurt people's feelings when I was trying to be as nice and pleasant and kind and gentle and keep my tone and manage my facial expressions. The truth is going to offend people. It is. And people are going to leave. There, are gonna be, there have been a ton of people that have left Destiny Church. And there's going to be more people to leave in the future. I can't do anything about that. Every Sunday, the mandate on my call and life is to stand in this place of office. And speak the word of God in as humble and as an in-tune position with the Holy Spirit as I possibly can. My goal is not to grow a church. My It's not to grow a crowd. My goal in life is to build people up so that we can get out of that place of weakness and we can become the salt and the light of the earth. That is my goal. That's the mandate on my life. And I can't tell you how many times 
times in my flesh that I have had to crucify that desire to build a church. I've had to crucify that guy many, many times. Because that's what the world says success is. You know what? I just go back to a time in a service many years ago. And several of you people were still there. You were some of the original folks with us. When the Holy Spirit spoke to us in a divine gift of tongues and interpretation. And I believe... I was the one that gave the interpretation. Somebody gave a message, and I was giving the interpretation. And I'm thinking that this is for somebody here. And as I'm giving the interpretation, the Lord says, it's for you. Meaning me and this house. And that word basically said... There are going to be people that say that you're not successful. They're going to measure you by a different standard. But that's not the standard that I've called you to. Holy Spirit said you're going to look different. There's going to be things that we do. There's going to be things that people don't understand. But you remain true to the call and the mandate that I placed on your life. Do not measure yourself to the standards according to this world's success. And at the end of the day, I go to bed. And sometimes my flesh is crawling because... Because my flesh wants to do something different. But in my spirit man. I am content in the Lord. That when I lay my head down on a pillow at night. I know that I have satisfied the Lord. My flesh may not be satisfied. But I have satisfied the Lord. Because I have been true to the call that he has put upon my life. And I want you to look at this. It says they defeated him. Satan by the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. And this part that says and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die in other words that means that they were willing to die on a hill for their beliefs they knew that there might come a time in the United States of America we don't know that kind of persecution oh when we talk about the church is persecuted and it's because somebody's talking about me man I wake up every day and somebody's talking about me somewhere whoop dee freaking do I don't care about that but what 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 these people in foreign countries they literally will kill them, murder their family, burn their churches down. Some of my friends over in Nigeria have had their churches burned and the people inside of them for the cause of Christ. When they all come together, I'm telling you, if this was in the United States, we'd be on CNN, MSNBC, Fox. We'd be whining about the church being persecuted. You know what they they say over there? They get together and they start worshiping. They start worshiping. And it's like, how can you do this? And somebody somebody had some of them on video and they're like, why are you guys worshiping? And they're like, because we have been found worthy to suffer for Christ. That don't work in our consumerism. That does not work in our society. Oh man, we'd be out for blood. They're counting it worthy to be called by his name and persecuted for him. I'm not standing here and telling you that I, that I, I, I could do it. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I could do that. But I want to be, I want to be a disciple 
that at the end of the day, as a matter of fact, I did tell Shay one time, I was going to Nigeria, and uh, it was an escalated security time over there. And this is what I told her. I said, I, I'm going over there, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to go be about what God has called me to do. And I said to her, I don't know if she remembers me saying this, but I said to her, listen, if I go over there and I, for whatever reason, don't come home, if I get caught up in something, you know, I just want you to know, I died doing what I absolutely love to do. And I have loved you my whole life. I love my family. I've loved ministry. I've, I've, I've just, I've had such a fullness that if I go there and that happens, I'm okay with that. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy to some folks, but I'm like, you know what? We cannot be those people that are like, well, man, it's, it's going crazy over there right now. I don't know if I'd want to be going over there. Well, then stay here. But if God calls you to go, then go. And, hey, but what, man, what if you go and meet your death? Then you meet your death. You just meet your death. Because Stephen, when he was being stoned, he looked up and he saw Jesus and was being stoned to death. He was worthy to be counted persecuted for God. I'm not saying I'm signing up for that trip tomorrow. I'm not saying that I'm looking forward to that. I'm just saying there comes a time when we have to stand and say, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. Look at this. Our hope was... It was purchased on that hill. And this is what we need to remember. Is that Jesus purchased our impunity. And gave us the power to prevail. I want to say it slow for you. So our hope was purchased on that hill. Like there's a hope. I love this part in Galatia, uh, sorry, in 1 Thessalonians when Paul is talk, talking to the church at Thessalonica. And he's talking about people who have had loved ones to, to have died. And he says, hey, church, listen. We don't grieve like people without hope. He didn't say we don't grieve. He said we don't grieve like people without hope. Because we have a blessed hope that when they go in that grave, when they go in that box, when they uh, go by the way of the furnace, if you're cremated or, or whatever, that is not the end. For us, it's not even the end for people that don't know Christ. But for us, we will see our loved ones again. And so when we mourn, and, and I see Christians mourn all the time, and this might be you, and I hope this is a word of encouragement to you. I see Christians mourn all the time, and they can't get over the death 
of one of their loved ones. I'm just sitting here saying there's some hope for you that you have not tapped into. There is a reality that I'm going to see my dad again. I'm going to see my grandmother again. I'm going to see my sister again. I'm going to see Shay's dad again because I don't mourn for them like a person that has no hope because my hope was purchased on that hill called Calvary. And what he did is he purchased our impunity. In other words, he purchased our judgment. Look at this scripture right here. I'm going to jump over to it. Uh, Oh, I think I took it out of there. But it's a scripture in 1 Corinthians that said that he was made sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for me. He took my place on there and he took the judgment, the full wrath of God. And listen, if you'll get the if you'll get that once you become a Christian, some people have a false idea that God never gets angry. My friend, well Jesus he suffered the full wrath of God on the cross. He did. For those who are in the cross. For those who have come through the cross. But the world, there is a judgment that is coming. God ain't mad at the world. He's just a just God. Now, I don't know. you got to get off of some of these TV shows like Judge Judy and all those folks. But a righteous judge, a righteous judge, he's not going to get angry. He's not going to show partiality one way or the other. He's just going to uphold the law. The end. It's nothing personal, Erica. You know, I love you, but it's just the law. I'm telling you, we've lost that in the church. Well, he's my friend, and so I'm just going to overlook some things. No, there's a standard. I mean, my kids know. I've always told them. Don't be looking for me to come over and take up for you if you're wrong. Because I ain't. And I don't care if you're my beautiful daughter or my son. I don't care if you're my wife. I, I just don't. That doesn't matter to me. If you're my best friend, right is right is right. Wrong is wrong is wrong. And if you're wrong, I'm going to tell you. And if you're right, I'm going to tell you. It's never going to change how I feel about you. It ain't personal, Brian. It's not personal. It's the word. And so when Jesus, when he, when he purchased our impunity, like when he purchased our judgment, what he did for us is he gave us power to overcome. He gave us power to overcome. And I'm just sitting here telling my church family, that there are a lot of folks who Jesus has purchased something for you and you have not tapped into the fullness of all that he's purchased. Why? Pastor Rife, I'm saved, I'm good, I'm going to heaven. There are people that are saved and going to heaven and addicted to everything. Opioids, pornography, alcohol. That is not... What he purchased for us on Calvary. He gave us a hope. He took away the impunity. But he gave us power 
to overcome. There is power that you have to overcome. Thank God Jesus left the planet earth because he said, it's necessary that I go because what's coming after me is Holy Spirit. My work is done here. I'm going to the Father. That's where he's at right now, preparing a place for us and preparing to return for us. But while he's there, Holy Spirit, God in Holy Spirit form is here with us. And that Spirit of God has given us power. And so many of the church today is not operating in Holy Ghost power. And I'm telling you, it sounds crazy and old-fashioned, but I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I will go to my grave being old-fashioned and powerful than uh, cutting edge and powerless. I don't want to be trendy and powerless. And, and if it, and if, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'll flat out, I'll break out and speaking in tongues in the middle of Ross at Longhorns. I mean, I'm not going to get stupid with it and embarrass everybody in the restaurant. But I, I'm telling you, I have walked into places and I'm just like, there is, there's something not right here. There is something not right in this place. And I'll just be, start praying in the Spirit. You might not know I'm praying in the Spirit. And I might have an arm of stuff from TJ Maxx in my hand and stand out. But I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And some people have done God up in their mind that, you know, um, listen, I get it. We can get loud. We, we can get loud. And there's a time maybe to get loud. But the devil, he ain't scared of your voice. He's not scared of how loud you can get. He can get way louder than you and me, but he can't get louder than the Holy Ghost in me. And I'm telling you what. There's just a time, and I love Greg uh, Coleman. He, he, he said it so powerfully one time. He said, can you imagine God's voice, God's breath, how powerful it is, the Ruach of God? That just sounds powerful saying it, doesn't it? The Ruach of God. It just sounds powerful. But he's like, it would be like, our, it would be like us blowing on an ant. Or us yelling at an ant. How powerful. And still that is not accurate. I want to be powerful in the Holy Spirit. I, I truly want when I walk into a place that devils leave. Because when Jesus walked into places they started screaming. And you know he didn't, he didn't walk into a place and he didn't go, all right, Messiah's on the scene. Boys, y'all better round them up because we. He just walked in and devils started shrieking, freaking out, begging for mercy. Jesus, that's the way I want to be. And guess what? That's the way we can be because he purchased that power for us on the hill. And so when I walk into a place, I'm just like, devils, I'm coming into the room, you know, and I expect there to be no stupidity. 
But see, we, we think we got to bargain with the devil. And we think we got to get loud with the devil. I remember there's this story of A.A. Allen. I don't know if y'all know who I'm talking about. A.A. Allen, great man of God. And he was getting ready to go into a meeting. And as he was getting ready to go into a meeting, um, you know, it's massive crowds of people outside the big tent. And somebody got to him and said, can you please, can you please come? One of my family members, we believe he's demon-possessed, and he's over here. He won't even go into the, to the tent meeting, and he's manifesting and all these different things. And, you know, A. Allen goes over there, and I'm pretty sure they're like, watch out, man. A. A. Allen, that's like the Billy Graham of the charismatic circle, you know. And A. A. Allen is coming, and he's going to whoop some devil's butts and take some devil's names, and it's going to be... Rip snorting. And the story goes that A. Allen just walks up, taps on the window of the pickup truck. The guy rolls the window down and he says, Devil, leave. Not, 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 not none of that. Not. In the name of Jesus, devil, leave. And the man was delivered right there. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I hope some revelation is going on in some folks' minds right now that God is powerful in us. And so I want you to look at this real quick. We're going to go to the scripture, John chapter 19, all right? John chapter 19, verse 28. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and as Jesus is hanging on the cross, it says that Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I'm thirsty, and a jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge and put it on a hyssop branch and held it to its lips. And now this is the verse that's the powerful part. And when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. It's finished. What's finished? His mission. His mission. What was his mission? To come and save the world. To come and sozo the world. The Greek word sozo, save. To Jesus came to sozo the lost. Sozo, salvation, is eternal security. Most of us in this room have that. Deliverance. I can guarantee you there are folks in this room that you're not delivered. And healed. And I can guarantee you there are people in this room that you're not walking in the fullness of healing. And so why is it that we satisfy ourselves for a halfway life in Christ? Well, at least I ain't going to hell and everything's good. Yeah, but guess what? He created us to live on this planet for a long time. And I would sing songs as a kid growing up in church. And some of y'all grew up in church and y'all know what I'm fixing to talk about. And we grew up in church and all of the songs that we started to sing. And I, this is before I realized what kingdom was about what the kingdom was about and the kingdom is within us and how we are supposed to live a kingdom life 
all my history growing up in church, all of the songs that we would sing, well, with the exception of a few, they were all about escaping this weary world. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder. You know, all, all of these songs, they're great, but I, I started looking and there's a common genre. There's a common theme that runs through them. And it's like, this world sucks, I can't wait to get there. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. This world my God, I'm just a weary pilgrim making it through this weary land. Jesus, come take me away, please. You know, that's, that's what it was like. And he, that is such a wimpy, powerless life. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are a city on a hill that you could not be hidden. Cheryl, that's what you were talking about this morning. When people just notice it about you, you don't go around carrying your Jesus sign and tomorrow heaven's coming and hell's coming and all this and you better get right and repent. No, you just live in a life of power and people recognize it. And then they call you for prayer. And they want to hear what you have to say. It doesn't always come across in this huge spiritual environment. Because they're not at that level that they can even receive at that level from you. But they're receiving where they can. And they'll get it from you in Wendy's. They'll get it from you at the bus station. They'll get it from you at the coffee shop. They'll get it from you at the water cooler or wherever you work at the office. They'll get it in whatever way you can. Because God has created you and me to be the light of the world. Just be the light. Just be the light. And when he says it is finished. In other words. I do not have to keep fighting this battle. And some of us in this room are constantly fighting battles. When we just need to stop. There are some things I'm telling you. If you will get it here. In the supernatural. If you will get it here. It's already settled on the cross. He purchased it on the cross. Pastor Rife, I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, that's why they say faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things we cannot see. That's what faith is. So we speak those things that are not as though they were. There are prayers in my life right now that I am declaring that it's done even though I don't see the evidence of it. In the supernatural realm, it has already been done. The natural realm just has not come into alignment with it yet. Eternity has not caught up with our chronological time, but it's coming. Because he purchased it for us. And if that's not the truth, then Jesus is a liar. And that is not a God that I want to serve. But he's not a liar. He's not a man that he can lie is what his word says. It's an impossibility with him. I'm telling you what. Some of the things that y'all are holding on for. Y'all are holding on for it the wrong way. Hold on with hope. 
not hopelessness. I would pray for people in my family, and I'm like, I, and I would make a declaration over them, and I would say, everything is going to be okay, and they would counter it. Well, I hope so. These are not ignorant, unbelieving people. They're Christians. Some of them won me to the Lord. Well, I hope so. I, 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 I'm so worried. I'm just so worried that it ain't going to be. Where is the power, my friend? Like, it's going to be okay. And sometimes, okay ain't even my okay. Are you following me? Because sometimes we'll put parameters on God. And it's like, it's going to be okay. He's going to be healed. And then he's not healed. In the way that you thought it was going to be. Why? Because you put your level of okayness on it. And God's okay was a different. But I'm telling you, it's going to be okay. With the word of our testimony, we speak life into things. We speak with authority because he's given us power. I hope somebody's getting it today, man. I hope somebody's getting it. Brandon, would you come? And I'm going to close this thing out. So I want you to look at this. Romans 12, 12, Paul says this. He says, rejoice in our confident hope. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Now, if you look at a scripture like this, you can look at it and you can just dig a lot of truth out of it. Rejoice in our confident hope. What kind of hope? Confident hope. I mean, he's saying rejoice in our confident hope. Like, you ain't going... You, Listen, you are not rejoicing in something that, you know, some old jokers done told you something and they done broke 18 promises. He, this joker couldn't keep his word, you know, if it was taped to his forehead. We're not talking about, we're talking about we have a confident hope. He is our confident hope. And we can rejoice. Why? There are certain situations in my family right now that in my body, in my emotions, I find it difficult to rejoice. Everything within me wants to grieve because of how serious it is. I'm not going to partner with that. I will not relent until it is finished I won't relent because he said it's finished so by God it's finished and even though I can't see it right now in the natural it's finished I'm waiting for the chronological time that I live in to catch up with that manifestation and there are some things I will not relent until I see it with my own two eyes. I cannot tell you how many times the enemy comes against me in my thoughts. And he's like, you ain't going to move that mountain, my friend. 
You're not going to move that. You're not going to shake that. It's too big. Anybody here with me? You got any of those situations in your life? Money can't fix it. Complaining about it can't fix it. Human wisdom can't fix it. The only thing that's going to fix this is the cross. That's the only thing that's going to fix that. And there are some things that I am willing to die on this hill. That Jesus said it's finished. So whatever that big thing is that's the mountain for you. Jesus said that thing is finished. You speak to that. Speak to it. And it has to move. Pastor, I've been praying for years and it hadn't moved. Pray some more. Pray some more. Pray some more. Don't think I hadn't played these roles out in my head. Well, Rife, what if you, what if you are on your deathbed and it hasn't come to pass? My last breaths will be, God has not forsaken me. And it is finished. Whether I see it in this lifetime or not, it is finished. Do you hear me? It is finished. And if I pass from this life without seeing in the natural, when I'm there with him, I expect a manifestation of my faith here on earth. I expect it because the word says where two or three are gathered and I know I've got more than that praying with me in these things. The scripture says that if we ask, we can ask our father anything in heaven and if it lines up with his word. You can't just ask him any old stupid stuff. It's got to be in alignment with his word. It will be done. It will be done. And I'm just sorry. I'm that stupid. That settles it for me. I don't need any more explanation than other than my God said it's done. He purchased it on the hill. Pastor Rife, I want to see it. But I do too. All of us would be crazy not to want to see it. But it is finished. And you know what? There are some things that... I have got to understand that on this hill, I'm staking my claim. Because on the cross is what gives me the power to say, not today, devil. It's not going to happen. And what do I do? What, how do I stake this claim? I mean, I'm not going to carry a wooden cross around. That would be weird. How am I going to stake the claim? The apostles. Revelations 12 says, And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I'm about some declarations. If y'all hadn't figured out, I'm about some declarations. Look at this. He says, Be patient. Rest in the trouble. Be patient. Rest in Him. I'm telling y'all some people today, you need to stop worrying about that and just rest. My God, it's not helped you. 
It's actually hurt you. You got too many lines and cracks up in your face that ain't supposed to be there. You done gained too much weight because you're crazy binge eating trying to suffer through it. Stop that. Stop worrying and rest in Him. Let Him do what He does. Some of y'all getting all freaked out about the election last year. Let God do what he's doing. Let God do it. We got to rise up. We got I didn't get caught up in that craziness. I'm like, I can do two things, and I already told you what they were. Pray and vote. I did my work. I prayed, and I prayed hard, and I voted. And that's all. I'm not getting caught up in that craziness. I'm not getting caught up in that craziness. Let the enemy divide me from my friends and church family and everything. There are some things, guys, that we got to rest in the cross. And trust that he is doing what he said that he would do. Stop worrying about it. I'm telling you what, if I could expose my heart, and I've done that to some of you who are, who are in a closer prayer circle with me. There are things in my life that are not restful in my flesh. But I have said, I am spirit-led and not soul-led. I am a spirit-led believer. And spirit, you are at rest. And flesh and emotions, you will come under subjection. And that's who we are. That's who we are when we walk in authority and power. I'm just telling you what. The enemy, he robbed me of a few nights sleep. And I'm like, listen, boy. This is my bedroom. I pay the property taxes. I pay the rent. Uh, uh, mortgage is my house. You're not going to drag your demonic tail up in here and try to, you know, disturb me. Only thing disturbing me is Shay snoring over there. You know, that's probably the other way around, but, but I'm preaching today. And I just took authority over that. And I said, no, you're not going to do that. Spirit, rest in him. And then this last thing, he says, keep on praying. Don't stop praying. And many times we think praying is begging. Oh, God, I hope you had not forgotten me, Lord. I'm resting in you and I'm just praying. No, sometimes prayer is a declaration. My God shall supply all my needs. All things are possible with my God. The end, you know, just keep on praying. Keep on praying. So what do we want you to do? And we're going to take communion here in just a second. So how can we activate this message today? Before we do it, I want you to say this with me on the screen. Why? Because it's the word of our testimony. Say it with me. Our hope was purchased on a hill. Jesus purchased our impunity and gave us the power to prevail. So how can we, how can we activate the word how can we apply the word? You can do two things. Stake your claim. 
Stake your claim through prophetic declarations. And today, I'm going to give you guys a little tool to help you. It's just a prophetic thing. Some of y'all might think it's crazy. Whenever I started getting introduced to these things, I thought it was a little hokey. But I'm like, you know what? If the apostles prayed over handkerchiefs and said, go, lay this on sick people, and they recovered, like, that stuff works. And so... I'm going to give you guys these as you leave today, and they're little cards. And on the front, it gives you some instructions of what to do with them. And on the back of the card, you're going to put, this is my hill, and this is when it's going to be finished. And there's a little cross, and you just take that little cross off and put that cross somewhere where you see it all the time. Put it in your car uh, little cup holder or someplace up on your dash or on the back of the commode, because you go there several times a day. I, I ain't even being silly. I'm serious. I put post-its for myself with declarations there sometimes. Put it in a place where you can see it. And when you see it, it reminds me. That reminds me of this person. I'm making this declaration. That reminds me that Shay and I are going to be debt-free. Uh, that reminds me of this. So put your heel that you're willing to die for. In other words, you're not going to back down. Baby, we're going to be debt-free. It, the natural hadn't met up with the supernatural, but we are going to be debt free. And that's one of my hills here. And I'm like, oh, well, that was a good goal. Let's just tear this up. And, you know, that, that's not going. No, this is a hill that I am not going to relent on. And I mean, I got several others. And then on the other side of this, it's like, it is finished. And the date that it's finished. And then it tells you what to do when it's finished. Some people are like, well, preacher, I ain't got a testimony. I don't have a testimony. You do have a testimony. You're just not sharing it. What good has God done in your life? What has he done for you lately? What, what, how has he come through? And if your answer is he ain't done a whole lot, then you ain't tapping in. Because he wants to do a lot for us. 